This is the Neds NRL Punting Podcast with Jarrell Yalgay, Chris Gary, and Jared Tim. G'day, punters. Welcome to episode two of the Neds NRL Punting Podcast. We've made it to a second week. The reception and the feedback, all pretty much positive. The higher powers have given us the green light <laughs> to keep going. Joining me today, as they will be all season, Jarrell Yalgay, Chris Gary. Welcome, boys. Gentlemen. Thank you. It was a great start, especially on the punting tip. Our multi just fired. <laughs> All three legs got home. <laughs> yeah, well, that's actually a good point to make. We will be keeping ourselves completely accountable for that. This I, I've got season. to say, for my leg, I'm, and look, I know we're a team here, but uh, Selwyn put his arm out. So, look, he was he scored a try when they went upstairs. The bunker, I'm not a big fan of already this year, as you can tell. Um, but we'll uh, we'll cop it on the chin, boys. <laughs> cop it on the chin. Turbo, fire up, surely. This oh. I mean, he's gone around at $1.80 there, and he was the one bloke that didn't look likely to no. cross at didn't any point. Didn't we pump his tyres up We've, as well? <laughs> yeah, what about us, Manly? Guaranteed oh, to win, get on it, go yeah. hard. Yeah. Well, we've got one under the belt. How great to have the footy back, of course. Uh, look, isn't round one just the Wild West, though? We thought it was going to uh, be tough to tip. It proved even harder <laughs> than we thought. Very, very tough watch for us Manly fans. Chris, who do you think was the flop of the week? Oh, I think it's South. Yeah, for me, um, as as you know, Manly were frozen out of the game, but I think that was largely because of the line speed of Penrith. I thought the Panthers, uh, they just looked like they hadn't had a single beer all off season. They were so energetic. Mm-hmm. Um, their defensive structure was brilliant. So for me, I thought South that left edge just didn't really seem to function. Um, I know inside South, they were never ever going to offer Adam Reynolds more than a year because of his body. They were always very skeptical it would even last a year. You look at that side now and you have to question whether it was worth offering at least two or going to market for a better halfback. I know he's on a young Elias, but there's serious question marks over South this year. The Wayne Bennett curse. We saw what <laughs> Newcastle did. We've seen what the Broncos have done since he left. Um, is it real? I'm starting to think it, it is. It looks pretty real now, doesn't it? <laughs> he's, he's a genius, Uncle yeah. Wayne is. And I'll call him Uncle Wayne because... Uh, he's old enough to be my uncle, maybe my grandfather, um, but uh, he is a genius. And you know, you're you're right, Chris. It's uh, it's a weird one to watch him go, and he's obviously going to do some good things at uh, at Redcliffe. You can tell. Jarrell, yeah. you would know better than most. Does he deliberately set up teams to fail after he leaves? <laughs> oh, you know <laughs> what? A grenade on the way. I, I don't think I don't think he does do that. But I also think that when he leaves clubs, it does leave a big hole. Yeah. yeah. And. Your players lose that, uh, you know, that moral of wanting to p- play for their new coach. And unfortunately, their new coach was Anthony Seabolt. And I feel like he copped a lot, yeah. um, Seabs did, in, in, the, in the situation he was in because, you know, you leave. I feel a little bit for Jason Dimitri. Look, I've got the utmost respect for Jace. I think he's a great coach. I think he's a great yeah. coach as well. And it's been a long time coming. Yeah. But you're right, go, leaving, coming in after the Uncle Wayne, it's going to be a tough one. Yeah. Look, on the other side of this, uh, any real surprise packets? Did anyone or team stand up that you didn't think would in round one? Ooh. Oh, yeah. I, I thought West Tigers. Yeah. I thought the West Tigers actually, you know, stood up. I, I was watching the first, you know, little bit of that game and I thought, geez, there a shout here. Uh, and in saying that, is it just – is it only just because it was their first game? They haven't had any losses. They, they're not down in their dumps at the moment. But they, they took it to Melbourne. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, I know there was a few injuries, but it's Melbourne Storm. And this team come, what, thir- almost last last year, West Tigers did? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I would say they were the team that impressed me the most. Um, that and them and the Knights. Uh, yeah, that was I, a shock result. Yeah, I think Newcastle, 
I think the I think the West Tigers because they were playing Melbourne, but Newcastle they've got a very similar side they had last year. You know, no Mitchell Pearce, sort of like oh, where, where are they going to be? But also, I think the Knights surprised me as well. Chris, same question. Did anyone surprise you that you didn't think? Yeah, we'd actually, I thought the Titans did in that mainly, obviously that first half. But down at the new Combank Stadium against the Eels. Mm. Um, I thought they were really impressive. Again, their attack actually really clicked. Fafita didn't see enough ball, especially for our multi, but... Um, he I was really... about the only bloke that didn't score yeah. on the paddock. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and Toby Sexton, that, that long ball, he's got a beautiful cutout pass, a little bit Mitchell Pearce-esque. Um, yeah, I, I was really impressed by them. I, I, you know, I, I thought they would make the eight before the season started. I'm t- starting to think with that, that attack, that could be top six. Yep, absolutely. Well, Chris, like we touched on last week, Seemed a pretty quiet off-season in terms of scandals compared with what yeah. we're used to in the NRL, certainly recently. Look, after a week of footy, I'm pretty interested to know the buzz in the media. Have you got any inside words, hot takes for us after round one leading yeah. into round two? Look, I'm not sure if it's a hot take as such, but I do want to rant about concussion. Okay. Um, Wayne Bennett came out this morning. Um uh, this week and just basically said that teams are deliberately rorting concussion protocols. We all know this, but he was more saying it from the point of the NRL has come in and have an independent doctor now to overrule club doctors. When it comes to concussion, we saw it on the re- weekend with the Roosters and Victor Radley. Trent Robinson wasn't happy about it. The concussion has been rorted for years both ways. Why is it always at the 22nd minute a tired prop suddenly finds a head knock? Yeah. Halfback goes down knocked out cold and he suddenly finds a way to play on. I think the NRL needs to do far more than they are to actually combat it both ways. Teams are rorting it for interchanges and they're also rorting it to keep players on when they're clearly concussed. There's there's cheating involved here and there's safety involved. Um, clubs will always try and manipulate the rules to their favour. The NRL are the ones responsible for stopping them. Absolutely. Totally, I, yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say, I would love to hear an ex-player's okay, perspective I, I, on this. I to, you know what? I, I don't, it's not all the time that I agree with a journalist, but uh, I totally agree with him. I, yeah, it's, it's, it's sort of taken the piss a little bit. And they will always find a way, you know, Chris said, they'll always find a way to rot the system. Uh, they have from the start, and especially in the last, you know, five or six years they have. And, yeah, they need to be tougher on it because it's not only – as much as the players are going to hate to hear this, it's – you know, it's for their health as well. It's not just for the game. Like, man, I didn't. I don't think I had a lot of head knocks in my time, but I haven't come out, you know, amazing. <laughs> you know, like, I, no, honestly, I still yeah. at, at times I, you know, I still spar a lot boxing, and I still get you know a little bit dizzy here and there, not doing a, you know too much. And I think that's from not having that concussion, you know, protocols in play when I was playing. And I only played five five years of first grade, so you could imagine going through thirteen years, fourteen years, or whatever of playing the playing the game. And it's not about being tough anymore; it's about protecting what you have after your life of rugby league. And yeah, the NRL probably needs to step in and and be a lot tougher because we're not at the moment. For sure. Well, I think we're going to be probably talking about this one quite a bit over the uh, yep. over the season. It's a pretty big issue. It's been in there for a while. Uh, look, we've got plenty of ground to make up on the betting <laughs> this week, boys. I think we should get straight into it. The weekend's footy through the eyes of the punters with all the numbers, trends and odds you need to know. This is The Offload.
Of course, boys, this is the time of the podcast that we welcome back Ned's form and betting expert, Ryan Cook. Welcome, Ryan. G'day, boys. Great to be back. Now, I just need to say, Ryan, your segment last week was easily our most popular with everyone that I've spoken to, at least anyway. And why not? You're literally just telling us stats, trying to find us. <laughs> trying to find us a winner. That's uh, the key word that's in the trying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think we've all got room for improvement after round one. What did you make of the first round of the NRL? Uh, look, it's very hard to say. It's hard to know which teams are for real, which teams are contenders, which teams are pretenders. Uh, but one thing is for sure, it's always good for some overreactions at this point in the year, isn't it? Um, <laughs> we're in this game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lots, of, lots of multis ruined and, and just a wild week of footy. There's, there's <clears throat> nothing else to really say, is there? No, absolutely not. Well, I think we just need to get start getting into these stat-based tips. Uh, what have you got for us? Don't argue. Oh, there's only one winner this week, boys, and he wears a big old red V, and that's Mikhail Ravalawa, uh, the big Fijian. Can be very, very hot and cold at times, as I'm sure punters know. Holding it down for the wingers. He was very <laughs> sensational uh, on Saturday against the Warriors in more ways than one. Not only did he score just the second first try of his career as the $8.75 favourite, but he also went on to make it a hat-trick at a juicy 13 bucks. Uh, his first try in the corner came at the courtesy of a slick pass from Tyrell Sloan. Really beautiful stuff. Then he bulldozed his way over the line for a second off the feed from Moses Embai. Got, all the, got the all clear from the bunker, of course. Uh, the third one was a little bit of a nervous wait for punters that did back the hat-trick, uh, but he came through with the goods in the 73rd minute on what was a really nice no-look behind-the-back flick from Zach Lomax. Um, and just looking ahead quickly, St. George takes on Penrith on Friday at Jubilee. Ravalawa has scored two tries in two games against the Panthers so far in his career, and he's also scored in each of St. George's last five games. So the $2.20 we're getting for him any time is mighty, mighty generous in my view. I could not be a bigger fan of Zach Lomax and oh, yeah. that move last week. I really don't need anything more like this, honestly. It's, it's just one of my favourite players. Absolutely outstanding. Now, <laughs> I am going to stand you up on something here, Ryan, because you didn't steer us into David Nofaluma last week, did you? No, but N- we, we might talk about him a little, little bit later. All right, in that case, we'll come back to it. If you're not first, you're last. Uh, yeah, look, another, like I said before, a wild weekend of results and that are also related to first try scorers. Um, I'm pretty confident in saying that a lot of multis fell flat on their face because of first try scorers. Um, and I won't go into details because I might lose my job, but the book enjoyed an absolute <laughs> fill up to start the season. The only loss of the entire round came on Saturday when the man we just spoke about, Ravalawas, uh, crossed the line first for the Saints. Uh, the biggest shocker, though, was, of course, Albert Kelly scoring first for the Broncos. At a, you know, just a tidy little $41 on that uh, beautiful 80 meter or whatever it was intercept of Cody Walker 20 minutes in against the Rabbitohs. Um, and I think that try probably rubbed a little bit of salt in the wounds for us because we had Selwyn Cobbo as our only time try scorer. I think we also had Cody Walker as well, <laughs> yeah, didn't we? we? Did he was one of the ones <laughs> yeah. that you tried to steer us yeah. into. He's throwing the intercept. <laughs> uh, the, other, the other big collector was Cowboys prop Tom Gilbert, who yeah. crossed, the, crossed the stripe for the first time in his career. 15 minutes into Sunday's game against the Doggies, if you can pull State it State of origin this year, Maroons, Tom Gilbert. Big call. Uh, he's paying $31 for anyone brave enough to back him. Um, but I do think there's a safer bet on offer this week, and I don't know if the listeners want to hear it again. but it's They t- certainly do. It's Tom, it's Tom <laughs> Trebojevic. Um, okay, maybe they don't. <laughs> he scored the first try in each of his last two games against the Roosters, and he's also scored at least one try in each of his last three games against Sydney. We're getting $9 for him to score the first try and $2 anytime. The same price we're also getting for Manly head-to-head just quietly. 
Um, and I also think Jaden Campbell is a, a really good value play this week at $10.50. Chris just touched on the Titans and, and how quick they were on attack. And I was really taken with a quick play of the ball as well. Um, he scored the first try in that 44 nothing drubbing over the Warriors last year. And with no Sean Johnson, it's going to be very, very interesting to see how the Kiwis hold up moving forward. Very, very intriguing game, that one. This is certainly something we need this week, Ryan. Who are our punters' pals? I wish I gave this one to the punters last week, but uh, starting off, we're going... This is this is a quite a good uh, round one stat, but um, the Knights. So they've covered in each of their last six round one games, and they were... Chris also touched earlier, they were very, very impressive against the Chooks. They were just much more physical, and Sydney really just didn't have an answer for them across the entire 80 minutes. Um, a name I did touch on last week, though, was Corey Oates, and he did come through for us, which might have been our only Ooh, profitable... Was that, I think that was our only win. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that was our only profitable yeah. tip. Um, and I'm, I promise I'm not trying to turn this into the Corey Oates show, but uh, uh, he's... Maybe you should, though, yeah. if he was the only one that was coming home. <laughs> he scored up. in eight of his last ten <laughs> games against South Sydney, and he, he came through at $2.20 odds last week. We're getting a shorter quote at $1.90 this week anytime mm. against the Bulldogs, a team he scored against ten times in 12 appearances. Yeah. Uh, just speaking of the Bulldogs, the under has been a very, very profitable play for them. Um, and Ken Mamolo, any time. Uh, Timsy jumped the shark a little bit earlier, but um, <laughs> we haven't touched on the Tigers too much on this podcast so far. Um, but he set the tone nice and early last week with a try six minutes in before making it a double paying $7.50 in the second half. Mamolo has quietly turned into a pretty profitable play dating back to last year, having now scored in five of his last six games. We're getting $2 any time against the Knights on Sunday, a team he scored against five times in his career. And he's also scored a double against Newcastle. So $5.25 for two tries or more really stands out as well. Bloody good bets. We'd <sighs> like to have a few of those this week. Yeah, it's it's great to actually have some to highlight here because, uh, as I've been saying, it's a very, it was a very, very tricky week for punters. Um, we had one bloke that went all in on Melbourne, staking 25K at $1.20 wow. odds head-to-head against the Tigers. Pretty safe to say he was sweating bullets for most of that <laughs> game. Um, we also had 25K on the Raiders to beat the Sharks at $2. Really crazy game, back and forth. Probably the, the best game of the round. Uh, yeah, but again, that second half had to have cut years off this dude's life, I think. Where do we friend people like this? Yeah. Like, where yeah. do we find people like this? Uh, and lastly, we just had a... We Not also, in this room. <laughs> we also had one brave soul that was uh, happy to back against Manly, even with Nathan Cleary ruled out. This guy put down a cheeky 50K on uh, Penrith head-to-head, Ooh, doubling really his money, yeah. doubling his <laughs> yeah. money what was probably the easiest watch in the round. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, investing in the future, I think, might be where we're going to find a lot of the value this season. Ryan, have you got any futures forecasts we, for us? We've got a few here, boys. So we've seen the Panthers firm from $5.50 premiership co-favorites into $4.25 outright to go back-to-back. Uh, Manly, on the other hand, cover your ears, Timsy, have drifted from $8 out to 11 Ooh. just in front of the Rabbitohs, who are $9 out to 13 That's where we want to be, though. I think we want a double-figure quote. They lost their first four or five games yeah. at the start of That's last season. That's what I said to you. Do you want to be – no one wants to be – and Manly, for all, don't want to be favourites. No, they don't like not. to be favourites. Hate it. Yeah. Absolutely hate it. Also a bit of movement for a team that I really didn't think I'd be talking about as far as the premiership is concerned. Anyway, the Broncos are $26 into $21. Yeah. While the poor old Cowboys are by far the biggest drifters, 34 out to 81. Who was uh, betting on the Cowboys to start with? 
Yeah, good, excellent question. <laughs> I don't have the answer for Jonathan first. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, as far as the top eight goes, the Raiders are two dollars fifteen into a dollar eighty to make finals. But mm. again, just a little bit of interest for the Broncos: two dollars seventy-five into two dollars twenty. And uh, just quickly, in terms of missing the top eight, uh, the Rabbitohs have gone three dollars ninety out to, sorry, uh, three dollars ninety into three dollars oh five to miss the eight. Have you got any don't tell the missos for us this week? I do, Timsy, and uh, it's a couple of big losses on the same team, and it's no prizes for guessing. It's the North <laughs> Queensland Cowboys. Uh, really tough team to bet on last year, particularly at the line where they covered in only nine of their 24 games. That trend has again carried into the season after Todd Payton's side mustered only four points against the Dogs last week. We had two punters do their dough on the Cowboys to cover minus one and a half at home. 19K, and then again, even worse, 35K. The Cows take on the Raiders this week in Townsville, and you only have to take a look at the scoreboards from last week to to get an idea of how this one might turn out. Um, Ricky Stewart's men have won three of their last five against North Queensland, and if they can play a full 80 minutes, I think that's probably one of the safer bets of the week. Ryan, a lot of punters would have said that the multi we put together was pretty mad last week, certainly after the case. Have you got anything for us? Anything maybe that got over the line? I had to dig pretty deep with the bookies here, guys. But like I said earlier, really tough week of results, especially for those that did uh, try to land a multi. But we did have one punter cash in with a nice four-legger. Uh, he rolled with the Eels' first team to score. Eels, half-time, full-time double. Sean Russell, anytime try scorer. And Sean Lane, anytime. He just had a cheeky five grand on this, if you don't mind, at eleven dollars twelve, yeah. and walked away with fifty five thousand six hundred dollars. He couldn't I have felt sicker for eighty minutes, though. Honestly, yeah, that, surely you wouldn't want to have that again. Let me tell you. <laughs> all right, punters, there you go. Ryan's giving you all of the stats, all of the insight. There's only one way. Well, only one way is up from where we started <laughs> last week. So, uh, Ryan, thank you very much again. No worries, guys. See you next week. The Neds NRL Punting Podcast Multi. Now, boys, the multi. (laughs) I don't like how you started like that. (laughs) There's been a pretty obvious tone throughout the entire episode today, I think. We have work to do. The good thing is that was only round one, and like I said at the last segment, the only way is up from here. It is really difficult to tip in round one. I think we're, like a lot of the teams, I think we're going to be better for the run. I thought we were being smart staying away from match betting. Anytime try scorers typically are my favourite legs for multis. Turbo was marked out of his game. Cobbo was denied a try. Fafita was the only bloke who didn't score in that game as well. We've got to do something here, Gerald. You're up first this week. Look, I've just gone at nice and easy. I've just gone Melbourne 1 to 12. Uh, Purely because. Last week, obviously, they're welcoming back, uh, you know, a barrage of players this week. Uh, a lot of them who are big hitters, uh, Cameron Munster, Harry Grant, um, <clears throat> are back into the squad. And I also do think that the Rabbitohs defend very well. Uh, so the theory is <laughs> that they won't score. They will beat the Rabbitohs, obviously, and they won't score more than one, 12 points. That's, that's the theory, and let's hope that it comes home. I know it's at Amy Park. I know that they've got a good record down there, but they only put they only beat them beat West Tigers by ten last week. Uh, these other boys have got to get back into their grooves. So I think they win, but I don't think they win over twelve. Yep, no, in theory, very very Love tight it. game Love this it. one. Melbourne one to twelve, two dollars seventy five. Yeah. Nice bit nice. of value as well. I'm up second this week. How good is Ryan Pappenhausen? Well, we're about to find out, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, given that we could stop a train at the moment, maybe not very good at all. No, he, surely, though, he's got to play Origin this year, doesn't he? I mean, he was very, very impressive in round one. 
He looks dangerous every time he touches the ball. He's just in almost everything. It's going to be a bit of a headache, though, isn't it, at origin time? Where are you going to play him? Mm, 14. Yeah. So Whiten out? Yeah, I think so. Why yeah. not? Okay, no, well, that's fair enough. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Probably agree with that. But the other option, I suppose, is throwing him out on the wing, but Turbo's probably the only bloke that you'd be comfortable to play out of his position, wouldn't he? Oh, well, look, I, I think... I think it's even hard. I mean, the way that Jackie Whiten played on the weekend yeah, as well. Yeah, he was good. Yeah. He was outstanding as well. And I think the other thing you've got to remember, Chris, is that Origins for the big, big boys. And I'm not saying that Ryan Pappenhausen could not hit it in the middle, but if you put someone like Jack Whiten, and I hate saying this because I'm a Queenslander, but you, you can put him anywhere yeah. as well. You can put him half, 5A. You can put him in a lock. Put him in a dummy half if you want. He'll tackle in the middle. He could play fullback. He could play in the centre. So he's a huge... You know, he's, he's huge. But Ryan Pappenhausen, the great thing about New South Wales at the moment, they've just got so much depth. Yeah, and it's ridiculous. Yeah, it is. So he can be put anywhere, and he could play on the wing if you want. I mean, the last thing we want as Queensland is watching Tom Travoyevich bring the ball back with someone like Pappenhausen on his right edge or his left edge. It's, it's, it's hard to look at, and it's a long couple of years for it's Queenslanders. A- <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Let's, let's be honest. Queensland's another four or five years away from being able to win regularly in origin. Um, once Sam Walker develops more and players like that. The best player in, in a Queensland club at the moment is Payne Haas, who's a New South Welshman. Mm. Um, yeah, it, like, I, I just think the only way Queensland can win is to grind it out, slow it really down, and, and that, to me, even makes Ryan Pappenhausen a, a better impact player off the bench. What New South Wales tried to do ineffectively during Queensland's golden era, essentially. Mm. Yeah. All right, well, clearly I'm sticking with the anytime try scorers this week, boys. Ryan Pappenhausen, anytime. Like $2.25. Yeah. I think that's pretty good, good value. value. Yeah. Uh, Chris, we need a third leg. Breeze home. Penrith, 13 plus. Uh, I just, th- I was so impressed by their line speed, so impressed by their aggression and their unity. They're just on. They look like a premiership winning team. There's clearly no hangover. What about Stephen Crichton, another New South Wales player, <laughs> like potentially? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Hago as well. Um, a young guy in left centre, yeah. I, I just think they I, – I don't see them losing more than four or five games this year. I yeah. can't see it. So I, I think they're going to do a number on the Dragons. The Dragons were solid too. Um, defensively, some really basic lapses mm, last week. Yeah. Um, but Jack, Jack Bird, loves seeing him play well. One of the most genuine, sort of nice guys, happy to have a laugh with. Um, dealt with him a bit up at the Broncos. A great guy. So I love seeing him put it together. Yeah, Panthers 13+. plus. Really, really like it. It adds some lovely value to this multi as well. Two dollars ten for Ooh. your leg. So recapped, we've got Melbourne one to twelve. Yes, we do. Same game. Ryan Pappenhausen any time try scorer. Penrith thirteen plus eleven dollars and ninety four cents. I Bring think this check. looks very, yeah. very gettable, <laughs> and that's a lovely price. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, of course, punters, the NRL punting podcast multi has already been built for your convenience. You can find it at neds.com.au or on the Neds app. Guys, here we are wrapping up for another week. Any final thoughts ahead of round two, Chris? Um, look, just following on from the Cowboys chat earlier, what do we all think? Jason Tamalolo, million dollars a year. The coach and him clearly don't get along. I know that for a fact. I'm not saying that they're at war or anything, but there isn't the vibe there either. Million dollars a year. He's not being used how Jason wants to be, wants to be used. Costs a lot of money. Should they let him go? If I'm the Cowboys, I'm trying to get him out the door. I don't think he's worth the money he's on. I don't think he's the player that he was. And I think you can find better value for that space in the salary cap. Yeah, look, it's this is a tough one um, because I know 
personally as well that Jace doesn't want to go anywhere. And that's just a fact because they've, He's built a great relationship with a lot of players there. Obviously, people, fans uh, up in up in Townsville. It's a hard place to not be liked uh, in Townsville as well. You know, you're, to, you're a one-town team. So it's a tough one. I mean, they either Todd Payton's got to – I don't know I don't know what they – I don't know what's happening there, but they've got to either put it aside or, yeah, they're going to have to move him on uh, because it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money for one player that are, isn't playing big minutes. Uh, and – on the weekend, I don't know if you guys think it. He just looked flat, didn't he? Yeah. Um, and he I uninterested. He did look uninterested. Uh, you know, I, I thought he was going to have a big game, and when he came on, he just he wasn't. You know, he came on pretty late in the game, so you would have thought, okay, he's got a lot of energy here to, to make a great impact. But it was hard to watch. It's 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 something that you know, look, it's not fortunate enough for the Cowboys at the moment. But wherever he does go. And he's going to have to go soon because you can't drag things on like this. They, these things need to be addressed very quickly. And it's round one. We can see what's happening. Whoever he, whoever, wherever he goes, he's going to be valuable. We know that. We, we've seen what Jason Tomalolo is like at playing football. And when he's at the best of his best, he is hard to stop. So I don't know where he goes. Uh, I don't know what he gets paid when he goes to that place, but... I think Jace also needs to remember why he started playing the game of footy as well, and that's because he loved it as well. It wasn't always for you know, it's not always for the money. And as as much as this contract is a huge one, and it's a lot of money to walk away from. They need to make an agreement because, at the end of the day, he didn't look happy. And I think if they both you know make an agreement, that they'll, they'll be better off for it and better off for Jace. And as well. Gerard, you know him obviously well. That's his character is quite happy-go-lucky normally, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, It doesn't it look like he's himself. He's normally such a laugh kind of guy. He doesn't take it seriously. He's always polite with the media but didn't enjoy doing serious interviews, didn't like talking no. footy. He's just a happy-go-lucky guy and that's not him right now. No, it isn't. And you could like – it was like, you know, when a kid, you know, doesn't get their time on the footy field. That's exactly what I felt like on the yeah. weekend when he didn't get his minutes. He just came on and he wasn't interested at all. Where – he probably should have, if he did come on that time and he was interested, he would have broken the game up. He would have changed the game. And that's a Jason Tomalo that we all know. I don't want to, uh, you know, we I know we're going to have to talk about him for the next couple of weeks. It's 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 hard enough that he's probably fighting with the coach, you know, to be, you know, be talked about all the time. But, you know, I wish him all the best. I know what wherever he goes, if he leaves the Cowboys, he's going to go great. Um, but I, I also think that if... If the if the drama keeps happening there, one of them's got to go. It's not you know it's not just Jace. It's you know it's Peyton as well. We've got to think: does he is he making a drama for all the players that that you know? It's not just Jace. Jace has this stuff with all these players, so he's got to be very very careful as well because he'll lose the group pretty quickly. And of course, Chad Townsend, having been made co-captain as well, it seems like everything is already well and truly in <laughs> yeah. motion. You're not a big fan of Chad, are you? Oh, look, I just, I don't <laughs> know. What this, are you okay? Is drama? I, I think no, absolutely not. No, absolutely not. I think, you know, just he suited Cronulla and I think that was it. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, we did actually draw, in our unpopular opinions week one, we did discuss this and I did tip Todd Payton to be the first coach sacked this season. You so did? Who knows? Well, this could go either way. It's him or Nathan Brown for me. It's, yeah. it's, it's, that's the Royal Rumble. Yeah. No, that's more than fair. Further to this, Gerald, any final thoughts ahead of round two? Yeah, it's an air, the year of the ambush, boys. The, the Bronx are back. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> look, I've, I've got to jump on the front foot because you know what? I'm, we might not be here again in the next couple of weeks. So I'm so proud of what the, the Broncos have done on the weekend with the, with the youth they have as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, they've got a plethora of older players coming through 
And having Adam Reynolds back this week, I've got goosebumps talking about it. I've been chatting to him all week, and he just keeps saying the same thing to me, and he goes, I just cannot wait. And this is honestly what he keeps saying to me. I cannot wait to get this club back where it should be. And that makes me feel, as an old boy, and I don't like being called an old boy, but as an old boy at that club, it makes me feel so good that he just keeps saying that to to myself. He doesn't need to, uh, but I can tell on the weekend that I reckon they're going to put the Bulldogs away. Uh, I think the Bulldogs were pretty ordinary on the weekend, and I think the way that they attacked on the weekend and, and held a team like the Rabbitohs of four points, my big take on the weekend is, yeah, the Bronx, the Bronx take them to the cleaners. Yeah, and, and I think a year ago, that Broncos team, even though I didn't think South played well at all, that Broncos team a year ago loses that 100%. game. 100%. They, they falter, they they capitulate in that last 10 minutes, and they don't have guys like Kurt Capewell that can kick that field goal. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I still don't think they're going to make the eight, but that was awesome. And I love seeing that from someone who's um, followed them for most of their worst years. That was uh, that was great. <laughs> it's, it's hard. Look, I'm just – they're at the top right now. They're in, they're in fifth position. I'm just going to take it while I can. Four, Gerard, I'm just taking – let, Let's just win some games, boys. <laughs> let's just win some games, but it's a year of the ambush. Did they leapfrog the Dragons into your top four? No, I still I, – no, no, I still generally think the Dragons are, a, are the real deal. Uh, I do – uh, they obviously weren't amazing on the weekend, but I generally think that by, you know, I said it earlier last in last week, five, six, you'll see where all these teams are really at and where they'll, they'll settle. Uh, a win's a win in any, in any case in round one. Uh, you don't win, you don't win finals games, you know, in, in this, these rounds, but it's a good way to start the, start the year for the win. Indeed. All right, punters, that's going to do us for episode two. Thank you again for tuning in. We hope you've enjoyed what you've heard today. If you have, please like and subscribe. We're on the socials at Ned's Oz. Enjoy round two. We hope you find a winner or two. And always remember to gamble responsibly. Thanks for listening to the Ned's NRL Punting Podcast. Be sure to like, subscribe and leave a review on your favourite platform. And always remember to gamble responsibly.